Welcome back to Pops and Pop Culture, a Riverdale rewatch podcast. I'm Maya. And I'm Luke, and we're here to discuss all things pop culture and dissect the wildest show on TV. Um, well, are we, I don't know if we're officially on, like, a new schedule now or not, but. Not sure yet, but we might be switching our Riverdale episodes to the weekend. Yeah. And then, if when we do have pop culture episodes, they'll be during the week. But that's not confirmed as of now. I don't know when this episode's coming out. Today's a Friday, so we're sort of between our two. But I don't know will we release this on like Sunday or not. I don't know. Yeah. To be determined. But anyway, we have a episode of Riverdale to talk about. Season two, episode three. Um, It's chapter sixteen, The Watcher in the Woods. Um, We'll get into the title in a second. Um, but I guess we should just get the boring things out of the way. Um, this episode got pretty good reviews. It got, it's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, so out of 13 reviews. It has an average score of 7.9, which is pretty high, I feel like, like on the higher end of the spectrum. And it was directed by Kevin Sullivan and written by Ross Maxwell. Each of them have done an episode in the previous season, but not they didn't do the same episode. And um, when it originally aired, it had 1.62 million viewers, which is bad. a drop-off a little bit from last week, but still higher than any other episode in season one. So they still have a large following at this point. Um, well... I guess first, what were your thoughts of this episode? I have to, I have to do the movie. Oh yeah, I guess, yeah, we so, could do that first. The Watcher in the Woods is a nineteen eighty. Um, it's a Disney movie, and it seems like more of a family movie, mm-hmm. which most of these movies aren't. Yeah. Um, but an American family move into a British country house only to encounter malevolent spirits. The ghost of the owner's daughter long missing torments the family's young girl. Uh, okay, I feel like that does not really mirror this at all. I think it's a really good title for the episode. Yeah. But the movie itself does not work. doesn't really work. Yeah. But the title's kind of perfect. Yeah, I think the title does work. There's a lot of wood scenes. There's a lot of... Um, I don't know if I would say watching, but there's definitely a lot of, like... Well, they're secrecy. the watchdogs. Oh, that's true. Although they're not watching that's, in the That's woods. what I was thinking. Yeah. But, but there Kevin's is going woods. into the woods. There, so it's like combining yeah. two plots. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the episode. Um, but what were your thoughts? Uh, uh, it was pretty underwhelming. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the most boring episode ever but it didn't really cause me to feel anything or care that much (laughs) that's how I felt yeah I felt like it was better than last week's episode but like there was a bit more going on a bit more like plot lines that I actually cared about but also I agree that it was sort of a drag and I don't know I feel like they're not 
I want more of this. Um, like, I actually do like the parts with the black hood, and they're starting starting to figure it out. But I feel like it's not like dramatic enough yet. So, I'm still waiting <laughs> for it to pick up this season. Um, but yeah. Yes. Um. So this episode starts as you as usual with Jughead's narration and he's talking about how in fairy tales the children should never go into the woods alone they're always warned to not go in the woods alone but then they always do and then we see Kevin he's there he's making out with this guy in the woods and then they hear a gun a gunshot if you remember from last episode it sort of ended on a cliffhanger where the black hood shot into Moose and Midge's cars. We didn't know if they were dead, but Mm -hmm. we just saw him shoot into the car and we heard some screams. Um, Then Midge is screaming, help, Kevin. It seems like the guy Kevin was with just sort of fled (laughs) the scene. Um, But Kevin runs and then Midge runs right into Kevin. Yeah. And that's sort of the end of that scene, I guess. Um, and so then we have a scene with Hermione, um, it's, well, Hermione and Veronica are both outside of Hiram's study, and Hermione's going to bring Hiram a drink, and Veronica's like, I can do it, but Hermione says that she wants to do it herself, like, she doesn't want Veronica going in, and there's also, like, rules to to Hiram's study that, like, uh, Veronica, I guess, is not allowed inside, and Veronica's a bit confused. Like she was like, wasn't weren't those the old rules? Like, aren't we? Isn't it different now? Because, like, we're trying to start over. But, um, but Hermione says the rules are still in effect. And then, before either of them go inside, Hiram comes out to see them both, and Veronica is wants to talk to him, and she says she wants to invite her friends over to the house or to the apartment to watch the bachelorette which is a with an m yeah so a, a bachelorette um reference i guess um and she says it's inner circle only which i guess is something she says frequently i don't did she yeah. say that in season one or season four i can't remember i think she says it in every season yeah but inner circle only Oh, yeah, she said it last season because that was who she was inviting to Jackhead's birthday party. But then she ended up inviting, like, or people that we wouldn't have. She did it. Or Cheryl and Chuck invited themselves. But even, but like, even, like, um, Ethel was still invited. So it was, like, questionable what, like, inner circle really meant. I think the inner circle changes. Yeah, so anyway. It's like, is Kevin in the inner circle? Well, I think yes. Yeah, because he doesn't end up, go- yeah, but he no. doesn't end up going. In this situation, yeah. when she's referring to the inner circle, Kevin is considered part of that. Um, and she also says that her friends are dying to meet Hiram, so she wants to invite them all over. So it seems like Veronica is trying to make an effort to connect with her dad and not kind of their relationship when he came back from prison. I guess it was not the smoothest like transition but she's making an effort then we go to football practice 
and Archie notices that there's clearly something up and the coach isn't there and Reggie tells him that the coach is at the hospital with Moose and Midge and says that they got shot um but they're they're alive Moose shielded Midge with his body so he was hurt but they're both still alive um and then Clearly, our, our not obviously Archie is very upset about this. Yeah. He's still um, he's still like, I mean, anytime anything like this is being brought up, he's immediately thinking back to his dad. And he's convinced that it's the same guy. Which it is. Which <laughs> he's right about. Yeah. Um, so then Kevin is explaining it to everybody in the break room. He says. They ask him why he was out in the woods at that time. He was like, oh, I'm just going. He was just going for a night jog. Betty was not convinced. (laughs) And Archie explains to them how he thinks the crimes are related. And they all sort of dismiss him. They're not convinced. And Veronica starts saying, well, let's just focus on what really matters that all mm. these people are still alive and the Matchlorette is on tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and Jughead is just they're like, all like Jughead yeah, he's just like, Why <laughs> are you talking about a shitty reality T V show right yeah. now? But then Veronica explains why she re- why this is really so important to her. She wants her friends to meet her dad. And they're like, of course, we'll come. Mm -hmm. And then the football team leaves Archie with Reggie and all the other guys. They leave to go visit Moose in the hospital. And then Jughead has to go to Southside High. Totally forgot he (laughs) wasn't, didn't go to Riverdale High because he was there. He's already been 30 minutes late to meet his peer mentor. Like, that just, like, makes no sense to me, because... Have they been in school, like, the last few episodes? Like... I thought Jack had already started going to school. Yeah, that was literally the end of the last season. Was... He was, like, already there at the end of the last season. And then now he's back. He's literally been going to school with them for the last, like, three episodes... Two episodes. And... He's, like, at school with them today, but, like, his first day of school at Southside High is also today, so, like, that just doesn't make any sense. I feel like they just, I mean, we've already mentioned this, like, a million times, but clearly they just come and go to school as they please. There's, like, it doesn't really matter. They can just do whatever they want when it comes to attendance at school. Yeah. And it's like they're stuck between the drama of Jughead going to this different school with the serpents and the ghoulies, and, but they also need Jughead there in the break room for those conversations. Yeah, it's like they, they're trying to have, have their cake they're and eat it, They're trying to too. have it both ways. Yeah, which is like... Yeah. They, I mean, I guess they're getting away with it because they did it, but like, it doesn't really actually make sense if you think about it. But anyway, after the scene, so Archie leaves... Um, Jughead leaves. I don't really know where Veronica goes, but she's not there anymore. And Kevin and Betty are walking in the hallway together. And Betty, as you said, is not convinced that 
Kevin was actually night jogging. And so she, like, interrogates him a little bit, and he admits that he was cruising the woods, which I guess is, like, means he just, like, goes around in the woods looking for people to hook up with. (laughs) And that's just, like, a common thing Mm -hmm. that people do, I guess. Um, And he originally says that he was trying out for the rest. He was, like, getting in shape for wrestling season because he wants to try out for the team, which he said isn't. It's true. Like, he does want to be on the wrestling team. So I guess more on that later. Um, But Betty does not approve of cruising the woods and she's like why can't you just use grind him like every other gay guy um in the world which is like a grinder reference it's a grinder (laughs) i thought she did say grinder but i guess it makes sense that they would um not use the actual thing they do their own versions of yeah all of the real things but that's that's but grind him is like a weird version (laughs) um but Kevin says that he doesn't want to use Grinder or Grindum because he sa- he thinks like it's not like authentic- people's authentic selves on the app, and it's just like people like you never really know what people actually look like until you meet them in person. And so if you're just cruising the woods, it's like you get like the more authentic version of people. <laughs> um, well, I think it was more along the lines of like people aren't always who they. See say they are online yeah like that's dangerous and so if you're like seeing people in person in the woods at least you like can see them you know which obviously that's dangerous as well but it's dangerous as well there yeah but um and so betty like points that out that it's really dangerous to be out and like at night even at all really until the black hood is caught or until i guess at this point like they They don't really know that there's a serial killer but like they know that there's been like and now there's been, like, three incidents, two in Riverdale, so they know, like, it's probably not a great idea to be, like, out. I mean, because I feel like in later seasons they paint Riverdale as this, like, crime town, but I feel like it's really this, like, very generally safe, like, these kinds of, like, like people, like, going to other people's houses or, like, just, like, shooting people in their cars at night. Like, that's, like, not something that's typical for Riverdale and so that's definitely putting people on edge and so Betty thinks it's like really kind of dangerous to be out and then uh, as they're talking we briefly see Cheryl kind of walking by and clearly you know that when she's walking by and she's like overhearing their conversation it means something and then we see Archie and Reggie talking to Moose in the hospital. Reggie's making some comment about hot nurses or something. And then Archie is asking Moose about what the guy looked like. And all Moose remembered were his eyes. And Archie has a little flashback. The flashback that he keeps having. He sees these this guy's um, green eyes. And then Midge comes and she says that his eyes, it looked like there was no person behind them. He had the devil eyes. And Archie is pretty convinced now. Because Archie keeps, like, fixating on the Black Hood's eyes as, like, a very distinctive feature. Although I wouldn't consider the flashback that Archie keeps having as, like, the person having blank eyes. Like, I feel like those are the eyes of someone who's, like, very purposeful. And, like, 
Or I guess that's what it means. I don't know. But, but like... I don't know. I feel like I don't <laughs> usually... Can't usually tell that much about a person from their eyes. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like the way Midge was <laughs> describing the eyes, it was, like, not... It's really dramatic. I'm like, okay, he just has green eyes. Yeah, that's I'm like, it would have really just... It's actually a lot more helpful just to tell the color of the eyes. Um, yeah. But also, it was dark, so, like, I don't really know how they saw his eyes that well. That's true. But... And they weren't... Lo- we probably weren't looking at his eyes. They were looking at the gun in his hand. Yeah, so anyway, I mean, I guess his eyes are just really noticeable, so that's why they looked at them. Um, so then we see Jughead um, at Southside High. He's walking through the metal detectors. He gets, like, stopped because he has too many pins in his hat, which I don't really... Like, he has pins in his hat? I don't know what that is. But um, once he gets through, he runs into a new character, Tony Topez. That's her last name, I think. Um, Who will be a reoccurring character um, throughout the show. Um, And so it's, like, a big moment, kind of, actually. Although I feel like she changes a lot from, like, now and then, like, later. So. She does, like, a complete 180. Yeah, her character it's is, It's not like, even, like, character development. <laughs> her character just, is, like, so different. Like, <laughs> so it's, like, so weird to, like, see her in this context. Um, but anyway, she, she, like, when she first meets him, she takes a picture of him. And she says that she is his tour guide, or I guess peer mentor. Is oh, I didn't see the him. picture. She has, like, a camera, because I guess that's, like, her oh, thing, which that is the kind of thing that, like, I wouldn't even remember, because she literally, that like, leaves her character, yeah. but, like, a But season. she's also one of, she's kind of a Kevin-like character, she really has. Oh, definitely. Has. Yeah. Uh, she has more personality here, but... Yeah, honestly, they, like, take personality away from her. And I feel yeah. like, I'm pretty sure she's been, because I think recently, like, she has been vocal about not liking the yeah. way that they've treated her, her character. Well, yeah, there's definitely been a couple of different black actors on Riverdale um, upset about and I think she was how like their the characters main one have that's been treated. Been, yeah, I think she's, like, one of the main ones that's spoken up recently, like, in the last, like, few weeks. But anyway, um, so she starts showing him around the school. Um, Jughead specifically asks about the red and black which is their school newspaper so i guess they just like all these newspapers are named after school colors um and she says tony says that it was shut down because of budget cuts and drugs and gangs and just a whole bunch of school problems so it's and sort censorship of, yeah so it's sort of just not the school's priority at the moment um, they also see people in the hallway taking Jingle Jangle, which is the drug that we were introduced to um, a bit last episode. And it's sort of, it's like, looks like they're like basically having pixie sticks. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, I feel like it's a bit like shocking to see people like taking drugs in the hallway. Like, yeah, usually people would be a little, like, go to the bathroom. Yeah, I mean... would be a like, little more discreet about it. I feel it. like that's... I, I guess that speaks to the school. But that's, like, the way the school operates. Um, um, and then they go into the cafeteria. Although, she calls it the cafeterium. Which I... Is that, like, a... What? She calls it the cafeterium. It's... Like... 
ending in like yeah. I U M. Maybe that's live. I don't know what that I don't know. is. I don't really know what that is. But um anyway, she they go into the cafeteria and she there's basically she outlines the fact that there are like kind of two main groups in the school the ghoulies and the serpents. And so Jughead is sort of a serpent by blood. His dad was a serpent and now he's recently been sort of inducted into the serpents and Tony's a but serpent not, too. Not officially, like it's a little bit unclear. Yeah, but like his allegiance he isn't is with, fully accepted it. Yeah, he hasn't accepted it. It's but just, sort of it's known that he is a serpent. And Tony's also a serpent, which is like why she was giving him the tour in the first place. And so Tony is like, you should sit with the serpents. Um, the ghoulies, she says, are like this other kind of gang, I guess. But they seem like a lot more intense and like not. Like she mentions like cannibalism and like, I don't know exactly what the other traits she attributes to the ghoulies. But just a group you would not want to be associated with. And so Jughead initially is like, I would rather sit alone, which because he's like, I might be a serpent by blood, but I'm a loner by nature or something. Um, but Tony's like, if you're going to get through this, like you need to associate with the serpents because if the ghoulies like see you as like someone who's like a loner, that's doesn't really have an allegiance to any group. They're going to like terrorize you basically. I don't know if you had the same reaction when Jughead entered school and then Tony started um, explaining the school to him, but I was like, this is just like a way more exaggerated version of our school. What? Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. they walked in, there was the metal detectors, and there was like the hat thing, and then she was like, the bathrooms don't have doors. <laughs> I was like, literally, this is just our school, but just, like, way more intense. Well, and there's, like, gangs in the school. <laughs> but, yeah, that is kind of true. Although that's not really how I interpreted it. But, honestly, like, the like the metal detector things, like, I feel like they're making, like, a huge point about, like, there being metal detectors. This is not even the first time we've seen those metal detectors. But, like, I feel yeah. like a lot of high schools have metal detectors. <laughs> like, we just... Like honestly, but not Riverdale honestly, High. Riverdale High probably does have metal detectors, or it no, wouldn't be. They probably don't. It wouldn't be like I, weird if they had them. I feel like it's just. Weird. I mean, we maybe after all them. the serial killers and stuff, yeah. but I don't imagine maybe that after, like, a place like Riverdale High. A, maybe after Archie's like starting a military, or like army, <laughs> mini army in the school. Yeah, they might consider it. Anyway. Um, so, next, Archie, um, tells his dad that he thinks the three incidents are all related, and he says, if Sheriff Keller does not take this seriously, I think we should prepare ourselves, we should buy a gun. Um, but Archie already has a gun. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. But his dad is like, no, like, this house is not the Wild West. We are not (laughs) buying a gun. (laughs) Which, yeah, I mean, I feel like that was, like, a reasonable reaction from Fred. Although, Archie already has a gun, so he doesn't really need another one, I know. I guess he wants his dad to be armed as well. He's like, I'm already armed, but you need to be armed in case. Although he doesn't tell us. I'm out patrolling with the red circle. Yeah. 
but Archie is clearly his fears are intensifying with this latest murder attempt. So at Veronica's house, they're at their like bachelorette watch party thing. Um, and Archie is sort of just sitting there, like not really engaging in the conversation at all. And Veronica asks, like, what's going on? Like, and Archie says he just thinks like no one cares about the moose and mid situation. Everyone is sort of just brushing it off. Um, and everyone's saying like, just let the sheriff handle the situation. But he makes the point that, um, when the sheriff tried to handle the Jason, Blossom murder they were the ones that ultimately solved it and not the sheriff and so he I mean like we I have said um thinks he thinks that the sheriff is a little bit incompetent and doesn't really want to leave it to the sheriff to get to the bottom of everything going on which I mean honestly he makes a good point but his methods are never good although I mean really teenagers shouldn't really be investigating these things like I, I mean I don't know I guess they're getting results but but I feel like they're getting results in I don't know not always totally legal ways yeah I mean they're definitely I mean like they were breaking into people's cars and like they're doing things in an yeah. unethical way that the police would not operate in so I guess that's partially why. Because Sheriff Peller, like, there's he needs to get a warrant if he wants to s- legally search somewhere, and they don't have all these obstacles. They yeah, can just do whatever and they also want. it helped that like Jughead's dad was like involved in it, and so they were like happy. they did get lucky many times. Yeah, and also they had access. They just happened to know the right people. Yeah, I mean the, the right fact that Jughead's dad was so involved in it helped them like have access to his his trailer and like. They, yeah, so I think that is true. But Archie does not see it that way, and he thinks that they need to take it into their own hands. Um, And Veronica, like, briefly mentions that in New York, she just hired private security (laughs) whenever they're having issues, Um, which is just, like, a really great, helpful comment at this time. Um, And then in this conversation, Hiram walks in and meets everyone, um, I guess some of them for the first time. He briefly met... All of them, I think. Meeting them all for the first time. I feel like he met... He met um, Betty before. But not officially. Yeah, just like really think. briefly. But um, he's introducing himself to everyone. Um, and him and Archie specifically have a very like intense handshake. And he says that he was kind of overhearing what their conversation was and he says he thinks that police are not always the situation to these solutions, kind of like what Archie was saying, and he invites Archie to dinner um, later to hear what he has to come up with, or like what he's come up with to save Riverdale. Um... And so it is the beginning of a relationship between Hiram and Archie that will literally haunt me for my entire (laughs) life. (laughs) But it starts right now. (laughs) Oh, God. So everyone get ready. (laughs) 
Um, and I mean, we start it right off with a bang. We see Archie after they leave the watch party. Um, Archie goes home. He's in his garage. He gets this box out where he's keeping his gun. He takes the gun out. And then also in the same box, he sees this like comic called the red circle and here we go with the red circle this gives him an idea that he will soon implement and also haunt us is that like a well-known comic i have no idea i don't know if it's real or not i have no idea but anyway anyways hermione talks to veronica and she says that she wouldn't push the Archie Hiram thing so quickly. She doesn't think it's gonna end super well. She knows that Veronica is trying with her father and that she wants them to become closer, but she's just telling Veronica to be careful. Maybe she can't completely trust Hiram. Which honestly is like a nice thing to say because and sort of I don't know because I mean right recently Hiram or recently Hermione and Veronica have not been on the greatest terms and this is sort of I mean I guess Veronica doesn't interpret it this way but it is sort of Hermione looking out for Veronica and Veronica's interests and sort of not in Hiram's interests for and going against Hiram which yeah. she doesn't always do yeah so it's actually like a sign of like her she still cares about Veronica um, even if it sort of comes off as hostile mm-hmm. and then there's a super quick scene where Betty brings her mom a package She's like, and her mom's like what's this and Betty's like I don't know I found it on the porch and then Betty goes off to school Mm-hmm. And then at school, Archie has gathered a group of, I guess, mostly like the football team in a classroom. And he is telling them that they are, that like Riverdale is under attack um, with all of these like attempted killings um, and that they are the ones that have to do something about it. And so he wants to create a watch group as like a protection for the school. He says that there won't be any weapons um, and that if they see the black hood or something suspicious, then they will call the police. Like they'll call Sheriff Keller to handle like the actual like violent aspect of it. But that they will just be like an extra set of eyes for the police um, and they yeah. will be called the red circle. Which, here we go. <laughs> but they're all, like, very enthused. Like, the whole, they're just, like, cheering. <laughs> Reggie's super into it. Yeah, like, Reggie and Archie uh, are, like, friends now. Which is, like, sort of unexplained. I feel like this season. Well, they're, they're fr- I feel like Archie is just super serious all the time. And he often makes stupid decisions out of good intentions and Reggie's just kind of like a crazy stupid teenager who just comes along for the ride because he thinks that it's fun yeah so somehow it works but it's not like 
they're really that compatible. Well, yeah. As like and people to talk to. And yeah, I mean, the last season, I feel like they're constantly butting heads. But now, like, they're actually doing a lot of things together and spending a good amount of time together. But, and that relationship is sort of, like, unexplained. Like, I feel like they're sort of, like, enemies in the last season. (laughs) But. It was just that they were sort of hit against each other for the captain position. Yeah. And just, they're both two of the best players on the football team, so there's Mm -hmm. a bit of a rivalry there. But, but this is bigger than football. Ever hated each other. It's bigger than football. Yeah. Um, but now we go to Southside High in English class. They are reading Fahrenheit 451, um, which I was not a fan of that book. Classic um, high school read, though, actually. Somewhat realistic depiction of high school. Yeah, totally, totally realistic. Just not my favorite book um and then there's a really weird moment where sweet pea sees something on his phone he's like what damn it and then he runs out and i think it's not just really explained. i guess I they're think just it's trying to set the set scene, the scene yeah. and show that the students don't care the teacher doesn't or the teacher's kind of given up a little bit mm-hmm. um but it was just such a bizarre scene. yeah and then the teacher asks them a question about the book and no one answers and Tony gives Jughead this book like no don't say anything but Jughead Jughead really just whenever people warn him about things he just never I'm not saying it was bad that he answered the question but he just did not listen to the advice at all especially in this episode he's just really not intimidated at all like, I feel like he thinks um, because he's, like, a serpent sort of by blood, he's, like... Like, he feels a lot more comfortable in the space than probably he should. Or, I don't know. Yeah. And I think he also just thinks he doesn't really get involved in things. So why would... If he just stays by himself, doesn't mess with anybody, focuses on school, why is anyone going to mess with him? Yeah. Which, honestly, at Uh, most schools, that would probably be fine. (laughs) It's just that the school happens to have, like, two rival gangs. It's just that he's, yeah, he's a part of the rival gang, and he's an easy target. Yeah. He's... Like, if he went to literally any other school... He's royalty, even though he's not really involved. Yeah, if he went to, like, any regular school at all, then I feel like what he's... Like, he'd be fine. Just, like, not talking to anyone. Um, but then Mr. Phillips, the teacher, he's like, welcome to hell. So clearly Mr. Phillips not a fan. has, yes, has sort of given up a little bit, but after class, he approaches Mr. Phillips, who I guess was the advisor of the red and black, which was the Southside High newspaper and he first just like asks him what happened to it and um, he, Mr. Phillips is like well drugs and gangs came to the school and no one wanted to write for the newspaper anymore 
And Jughead says, well, I want to. And he talks about how he has experience, because he wrote for the Blue and Gold. Mm-hmm. And I think he edited High. too, the Blue and Gold. So he has, like, a lot of experience. I mean, he and Betty were, like, the only writers. Yeah. They just did all the work. Which, Can you like, imagine? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, that's, like, so unreal. Honestly, like, that's one of the most unrealistic parts of the show. Very is that two people could run an entire newspaper. And now Jughead wants to run this entire newspaper by himself. Like, and is Betty just running the blue and gold by herself? Like that's now? like not possible, <laughs> especially because they possible. actually do have print editions, and they have an online edition. Yeah, like the amount of work that is—that's a lot of work, and you have to write all the articles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like they're like investigating murders at the same time, and students. So it's and just doing a million other things. Yeah, Betty's like involved in every single everything. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, Mr. Phillips said that he'd check out Jughead's work online and get back to him. Mm-hmm. So then we see Betty and Kevin talking at school. And Betty wants to know why Kevin was not at Veronica's party. Or I, I don't know if it was really a party, but like at Veronica's house last night. And he, she's like, oh, were you in the woods again? And... Kevin basically says, like, he doesn't need her permission to, like, in his, like, whatever he wants to do. Like, he can go hook up with guys, and he doesn't need Betty's permission to do so. Um, And then sort of, like, storms out of the room. And Cheryl was, in this moment, Cheryl's, like, sitting there also kind of overhearing what they're saying. And then Cheryl kind of walks, walks over to Betty and is talking to her about it. Betty says that she thinks Kevin is, like, putting himself in dangerous situations. Um, and Cheryl says that, ultimately, Kevin just wants validation, um, like, in himself, and he doesn't really... He's not really weighing the dangers of what he's doing as much as just, like, searching for validation, and ultimately, Kevin isn't going to care if Betty approves of what he's doing. Which, I'm, like, so confused. This whole episode... I mean, so this episode has this whole, like, track with, like, Kevin. And, like... Which is, like, more time than they've really ever spent with Kevin and, like, his sexuality and anything like that. Um, And then just, like, the way that they add Cheryl to the mix, like, makes no sense to me. Like, Cheryl's just, like, constantly, like, overhearing things. And, like... But she really is, like, adding nothing to the yeah, conversation at I all. think I think they didn't really have anything to do with Cheryl in this episode, but they're like, we can't really not have her in the episode. Yeah. Um, and because she's very much herself, like it's very like her to just like insert go herself to into eavesdrop like, and then yeah. insert herself and like psychoanalyze. Yeah. Kevin. But like for this, and she's for the sake yeah. of this episode, it doesn't really like actually make that much it sense like it doesn't really it doesn't add it doesn't that really much. serve a purpose other than just like it just seems cheryl like there. cheryl has been really bored Honestly. and she was she, just very amused by this whole situation yeah yeah and we can get more into like the whole kevin situation later on as we get further into this episode 
So now we go to Pops, where Archie and Veronica are sitting together, and Veronica tells Archie that he's invited to come to dinner at her house with her parents. Which, wasn't he, he already he's... invited? Like, I was yeah. so confused. I was like, he literally was already invited. But Well, she's like, you're invited, and then she says something in French. So I didn't Maybe know. Maybe that was like Or I don't know if it was French. But it wasn't Spanish. I assumed it was French. Yeah. Um. And so I didn't know if that was, like, if it was just, like, because before it was just, like, sometime this week. So maybe mm-hmm. it was saying, like, tonight or tomorrow or yeah. whatever. Um, but Archie says that he's busy. And she says, she sort of just explains why this is important to her and she wants to test her father because she doesn't she still doesn't completely trust him but she sees that he is making an effort and she is making an effort and she wants yeah to just this seems like a big test for him Mm -hmm. and then she tells archie that she selected some common phrases in Spanish for him to practice, to be prepared. Like, that's not And that. she also asks him to not bring up his private army with her father. Even though Obviously. I thought her father wanted to hear about that was like his literally what to the, save the, Riverdale. That was, like, the context of why they're having dinner in the first place. So you know that's going to come up. Um... So then Betty gets home from school and Alice is standing or Alice and Hal are both standing in the living room or like the dining room area. And um, Alice says that they got some fan mail um, and it's a the package that she gave to her mom earlier this that morning was from the Black Hood and basically the Black Hood wrote them a letter, although I think it's, like, I don't even know if we see the letter, but I'm pretty sure it's, like, like, one of those, like, cut letters from a bunch of different magazines and stuff. Um, oh, really? Because usually that's, like, how the Black Hood communicates, I feel like. Now, it was kind of a long letter. That would have been a lot of work. Yeah, but it's, like, so that the serial, you can't, like, see the handwriting. I think. Anyway, or maybe they didn't do that, but, or maybe it was typed, I don't know. That's how I pictured it in my head. Um, but then, so basically the letter says that um, the black, or first um, the person that sent it, the um, the Black Hood, like, identifies themselves as the Black Hood. Because um, I think before this, we haven't, we've been calling them the Black Hood, but, like, the town hasn't really been. Um, but the Black Hood also takes responsibility for all three of the attacks, Miss Grundy, um, Midge and Moose, and obviously um, Fred Andrews, and he also has um, in the package like a few of the items from each of the situations to prove that he indeed is like the person that was responsible. So he has um, Fred's wallet. He has Miss Grundy's sunglasses. Um, I don't know what item they have for Moose, but that's like how they prove it, and so. Alice, Hal, and Alice and Hal bring this to the sheriff and um, read like the full message from the Black Hood and from the sheriff. 
um, and this is sort of intercut with Archie and the whole red circle crew hanging up signs and handing out all these papers all over the town, like announcing that they're a group. Um, and in the letter, the Black Hood says that he thinks the town is like hypocritical and like sinful. And so Mayor McCoy is also in the room and Mayor McCoy says to Allison how that in her personal opinion, they shouldn't publish the letter because it gives the Black Hood an audience that they don't want him to have. But Alice says it's like their responsibility as a newspaper in town and that it's kind of too late because anyway, because they already sent it um, to print uh, on like the front page. So. I don't know how I feel about that. Cause I think it is a like a difficult decision to make as a newspaper, and it's not surprising whether or not they should print it. That yeah, that Alice mm-hmm. did decide to print it, but yeah, it's like yeah, this is information that maybe the public deserves to know, but you also have to decide whether this is w- poses a threat. Yeah, publishing this information, or if it's going to cause mass panic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a difficult question, too. And I feel like, I mean, Sheriff Keller was like, at least let's wait 24 hours so we can, like, do an analysis on the letter and, like, like actually have some time to think about it, which I think would have been smart. Um, but also, like, Betty has already found out about the letter, and, I mean, I think it would be, like, presumably she's, like, already told Jughead about it or like you know like I feel like the information is probably going to get out there somehow anyway but I think it would have been smart to at least like have done it in a bit more of like a calculated way um then we go back to Southside High Jughead is talking with Mr. Phillips who's impressed by his writing and he agrees to start the the black and red back up um but under just a couple of conditions no gangs no jingle jangle and uh jughead says no problem i can do that even though he is part of the serpents but but he's not he's part of the serpents by blood but he's not officially a serpent he doesn't consider himself to be a serpent Mm -hmm. and then we go back to Riverdale High and Sheriff Keller approaches Archie and Archie had been while Sheriff Keller was reading the letter we saw scenes of Archie Uh and the rest of the Red Circle hanging up posters all over like there are a lot of (laughs) like I don't know where they Um, like it was like a ridiculous and they were in color too because they had red so that's like a lot of like red ink and Veronica and Midge seemed a bit concerned. Um, Principal Weatherby was looking at them and he was like, he was just sort of contemplating them. He couldn't really tell what he thought. But Sheriff Keller approaches Archie and says, like, we cannot have a group of teenagers starting a militia. That's just not, not going to happen. Um, and Archie's like, I don't remember what Archie says. Like, he defends it, 
then Principal Weatherby comes, and you think Principal Weatherby is going to agree with Sheriff Keller, but Principal Weatherby is like, this is a school club. (laughs) Which it's like, they don't operate in school hours, so how is it a school club? And as the principal, you do have at least some power over what clubs go on in the school. If there's a club that's really dangerous, then it is your job to deal with that. But also, in, like, what town is the sheriff handling militias that are, like, forming? Like, I feel like, honestly, that it's more, like, the mayor's job than, like, the sheriff's job to, like, talk to Archie about it, you know? Not necessarily. I don't know. Um, Or, like, the sheriff should have just talked to the principal. Like, it's, like, weird that, like, the sheriff is, like, going straight to Archie. A little bit. Just considering the relationship I mean, that they have he, and how like Sheriff friends Keller with is his just a dad. big part of the town. I don't think it's that weird, just considering how the dynamics yeah, work guess. in the show. Um, but yeah, so Archie is still allowed to have a militia because his principal stuck up for him. Um, so then we see Jughead in the newsroom, the new red and black newsroom. Um, and it's like very... There's, like, all this, like, furniture. It's very dusty. Not a great space. Um, and Jughead basically invites... He doesn't say outright, but he essentially invites Tony to come on to the team, which is, I guess, only himself at the moment, as, like, a photographer, because she's into photography. Um, and then in that moment, um, Sweet Pea and some of the other serpents come in to the office and invite... Jughead and Tony to go to the quarry with them um, but Jughead kind of shrugs them off and says no but Sweet Pea is like sort of takes offense to this, to that and is like don't come like crawling back to us like if you're disassociating yourself with us then like if the ghoulies come for you like don't we're not gonna feel sorry for you and Jughead essentially is like we're done with I'm done with you guys like I am not. I don't feel an association to the serpents. And Sweet Pea is like a sort of about to like get in a fight with him, like a physical fight. And then Tony sort of tells him to back off, but and they sort of just like leave it there. So. Um. They just go hang out at the quarry. Yeah, I don't really know. What I was a little confused. I'm like, well, do they work there or well, is they and just Jughead go says there something and hang about out. his like beach bod? I feel like. Which is like, I don't know how that... Oh, yeah, he was like, I don't have a beach bod. Which, I don't know what that... Some... Like, what? Like... <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't understand that either. That didn't make sense to me. Maybe they... There's, like, a little, like, creek by the... <laughs> quarry. There's <laughs> something I don't... I don't know. <laughs> but... I just was kind of confused by that. But, anyway. Um... Anyways. And, like, wait, honestly, like, why would he be offended that he doesn't want to, like, go hang out at the quarry? Like, it's, like, a quarry. Like, it's not, doesn't seem like the most, like, exciting place to, like, hang out. But he's, like, very offended that Jughead does not want to come with them. Yeah. I don't know. I guess he just feels like Jughead is sort of taking advantage of the serpents. And he's not actually 
doing his part as a member. Yeah. Even though he's not really a member. Yeah. Um, but the next scene is at the Cooper house, and Paul B. announces that she's leaving because of the lockhead. She's worried because she's an unwed pregnant teenager. So And pregnant with her cousin's baby. <laughs> yeah, so she's worried that the sinner... Or, not the sinner. She's worried that the Black Hood will th- consider her to be a sinner. Because the Black Hood is, like, targeting sinners. And her babies. And she had called the farm, which is this place she had mentioned before. It's where she and Jason were going to run away <laughs> um, to. And we can't say too much about the farm right now. But I have a lot to say about the, the farm. farm. <laughs> the farm. Oh. Um, and... Her family is not happy about that. They don't want her to go. Um, and Paul, or Alice is like, no, like you're not going. Not over my dead body. Um, and Polly says something about, well, not my dead body and my baby's dead body. Like, I don't think I phrased it exactly correctly, but she's like, we're... It's about my children. I'm leaving like this is not not your choice you Mm -hmm. screwed me over in the past so i'm not (laughs) yeah trusting you on this one Mm -hmm. yeah so polly's about to leave um and then we go to moose in the hospital i guess kevin went to go visit moose i guess kevin was the one that discovered them so it makes sense um and moose is like thank you thanks him for saving his life which I guess he saved his life. I don't really know. If... But he thanks no, him for, like, for... helping oh. them. Oh, this is one of my favorite scenes in the episode, actually. I like this scene. And so then Moose kind of asks... Well, Kevin's sort of just sitting there, um, and Moose asks Kevin, um, like, what he was actually doing in the woods, and Kevin doesn't really give an answer. And Moose asks, like, Kevin if he's okay, and... Kevin is like, yeah, I've just been making, like, some bad decisions recently. I've been lying to my dad, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, because I guess Kevin is, like, going through something. And it's, like, a new development in this episode that he's going through something. I feel like something like this would have been happening a lot longer. But, like, the show is only focusing on, only deciding to focus on it right this second. Um, but Moose then says, guys like us don't have a lot of options. Which is, like, notable because saying guys like us is sort of, like, weird. Because if you would... Originally, if you think about it, like, Moose is, like, a football player, like, dating some girl. Like, doesn't seem like he has a lot of law in common with Kevin. So it's like, hmm, why is he associating himself with Kevin? Didn't Moose and Kevin have a thing in season one? I don't know. Did they? Or were they they just kind of, like, looking at each other? Wait, I'm trying to think. I, oh! No, I feel like... Yeah, oh, they yeah, would yeah, go they and, like, hook up in the woods, and then Kevin... And then Moose said he couldn't do it anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's what they're referencing. Because I wasn't sure if they started hooking up later. In, so I didn't want to like, yeah. get that away. Okay, yeah, so they have, like, some sort of special connection. Um, and Moose says that sometimes they like guys like them um 
do crazy things because if like for 10 like for like 10 minutes of not feeling alone so like sort of honestly what Cheryl was talking about earlier like they're willing to kind of put aside like the risks of there's like a murderer out in the woods and whatever like um to like not feel alone and then Kevin gets up to leave and Moose sort of says like he should come back he can come back anytime and like continue this conversation so I'm like I'm glad the show's like focusing on Kevin a little bit it does like sort of feel very like out of the blue and so it's like at this point it kind of seems like disingenuous but I'm glad the show's at least paying attention a little bit and I just I liked the scene between Kevin and Moose because I know they're actually really good together yeah like I just I think the conversation was just like like it I don't know it was like nice yeah and I think it wasn't like it wasn't too much or like I mean it was a little dramatic but like yeah I mean not anything like unusual for the show it was just like a nice break from like like really like bizarre you're gonna come meet my crazy dad or yeah, there's yeah. a murder like that kind of thing yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a breath of fresh air but yeah I do like and I like appreciate the sentiment and like what the show's getting at but I also it does like doesn't like fully land for me just because it's taken them like a whole season to get here and I'm like Kevin was sort of going through the exact same thing a year ago or not a year ago but like a whole season ago and like the show's just deciding to focus on it yeah I wonder if fans were like complaining and then they're like okay we're gonna take this one episode and we're gonna give Kevin Kevin like a second (laughs) a big storyline yeah because I mean and then We'll be good. Because, I mean, it, like, wasn't he, like, cruising the woods last season, too? Like, I feel like this isn't yeah, any, this was, isn't really anything but... new. It's just that the show is deciding to actually, like, focus on it. So, that's why it, like, doesn't fully land for me. Um, so, next... We go to the lodge house, and Hermione warns Veronica yet again, but Veronica about Hiram and his intentions with Archie, mm-hmm. and Veronica is not having it. She says, unless you tell me right now that he is dangerous, unless you're willing to admit that and not stand yeah. by him like you always do then we're done having this conversation. Which is, like, a good point, because... Yeah, she says, you're the one who let him back into our lives. Like, if you really think that he's, like, causing harm... Why are you warning me about him if you... If you're allowing him to be in our lives? In the first place, yeah. So I think, like, I... I agree that Veronica... Veronica has, like, the right to be mad at Hermione. Mm Um... But then we see Archie going on a little night patrol. So he gets into Reggie's car. He has a baseball bat. And Reggie's like, I thought we weren't allowed to use weapons. And he's like, well, I've had this since I was 10. So it doesn't count as a weapon. (laughs) It doesn't count as a weapon. And then in the backseat, I couldn't really tell what was in the backseat. 
Yeah. But Reggie kind of, like, gestures to the back seat. He's like, oh, it's old school. So it seems like maybe it was, like, a BB gun or something. Yeah, I could not tell what that was. I don't know. But, and they don't even use it in this episode either, so I don't really know. Yeah what the point of that was but maybe it'll come back later i don't know um so then jughead is in the it's like nighttime i guess this is all happening in the same night theoretically or no i don't know but jughead it's like at night and jughead is in the black and red office which like how far away is the school from his house? Like, should he really be... I don't know. He's, like, at school at nighttime. Like, no one else is there. It's, like, kind of weird. Um, but he's in the office, and then Betty walks in and, like, surprises him, kind of. And Betty... Or originally, Jackhead's like, you shouldn't be here at night without a gun or something. Um, or without a, or without like a yeah. weapon. Well, I'm like you're here without a weapon. Without being armed. Yeah. So. But she's like, I am armed, and then she has tea. Yeah, she a has like a tea kettle pot. that she got for him, which is just like a weird gift. So is there hot water and something? Is that are you gonna <laughs> pour hot water in? Something? Well, I mean that could be effective, but um, Jughead starts to tell Betty about this like lead on a story, sort of that he has. Or that he's, like, noticed from being in Southside High is that all the drugs, specifically, like, Jingle Jangle, that, um, that were sort of briefly mentioned in, um, in the last season when they caught Clifford Blossom, like, when they caught Clifford Blossom, we found out that the maple syrup company was actually sort of a front for a drug operation, and so Jughead is sort of realized by being at Southside High that a lot of the drugs are coming through and being dealt through Southside High. But um, last season, FP said that the serpents do not deal hard drugs. Um, like, they're not dealing with the jingle jangle type drugs. But Jughead has realized that it's not the serpents, but it's the ghoulies that are responsible for the drugs being funneled into Riverdale. So he wants to write an article about this for the black and red, which I'm sure like the administration would just love um, painting their school as like a drug cartel. Um, And then Jughead and Betty start kissing. Um, They're having like a moment, but then the door opens and Tony walks in and Jughead introduces them to each other. And then, it turns out that Tony also was bringing them a tea kettle. And they're like, oh, great minds think alike. Because they both brought tea kettles. Like, mm-hmm. which I was like, that's like such a weird thing. Also, like, Tony's just like there at night too. Like, why are they, why, it's like the dead of night. I don't understand why they're all there. Well, not the dead of night, but it's like dark. Just weird timing. And there's definitely a little bit of tension between Tony and Betty. Yeah. But not, like, too noticeable. Um, but now we go to the Lodge house, and Hiram is zipping up Hermione's dress, and then he starts saying, and he says it in a very, um, like, 
don't know the word. Like, it's not quite passive-aggressive, but he's he says it in a very firm but calm way, but, like, mm-hmm. do not mess with me. Yeah. Um, and he says, sound carries in this apartment. I heard what you said to Veronica. Do not try to convince her that I'm dangerous or to hate me. Yeah. Yeah. And she seems a little bit scared. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I feel like this is another one of his, like, I need your loyalty things. And clearly she's like a bit shaken from the experience. So then we go back to, um, Cheryl or not back to Cheryl, but Cheryl sitting at pops. Um, one of the few scenes with Cheryl that we get. And right as she, she's sitting there, we see Kevin leaving Pops, and he looks like he's about to go for another nighttime jog. He's, like, kind of dressed like that. And Cheryl, like, smiles and says something to herself, which is, like, out loud. Which, like, obviously she would never actually do that in real life, but it's a TV show, so that's the only way we can understand what she's thinking. Um, but, yeah, that's just a very brief scene. Um, now there's this whole scene where it cuts between different, it cuts between different scenes, but it's all sort of one. Um, it's, so first we see Ethel walking alone. She's walking home alone at night. And then there's this car or it's like a van that is sort of pulling up behind her. It looked like, when we got a closer look in the car, it looked like there were, like, two teenagers in it. Well, it definitely did not look like the Black Hood. Like, you could see their face. I was like, is that Archie and Ranchi? Yeah. I I kind of thought it looked like Fred a little bit. But, I don't know. I I think we just aren't supposed to know who it is. And then we see Jughead just quickly in his office. And then we go back to Archie and Reggie in the car, and Archie answers a call, and we presume that this call is from Ethel, and he's like, okay, we'll be right there, go somewhere safe. And then we see Kevin in the woods, and he follows these guys across the bridge. And then we go back to Archie and Kevin, or Archie and Reggie, and they pull over and they're looking for Ethel and at first they can't find her and then they see this van passing and they sort of start to freak out but then they see he sees Ethel and she's very shaken and she starts talking about how this van pulled up and circled around three times and she's very spooked by that and then we go back to Kevin and he's kind of standing there. It's a little creepy. There's rustling leaves, and it it seems like someone's gonna about to come out. But it's just Cheryl and Betty. They had followed him. I guess Cheryl had called Betty after she saw him sneaking in the woods. Maybe part of it is out of concern for um, Kevin's safety, but she seems to really enjoy the drama she enjoys watching Mm -hmm. kevin and betty's argument yeah um and um 
and Cheryl's just kind of like adding in her own little <laughs> comments here and there. Yeah. But Kevin is telling Bethany that she doesn't really understand him. Um, her life has come a lot easier, um, and she's had a lot more options for people to date. And then Cheryl sneaks in a little comment about Dark Betty. <laughs> And he's like, this is what I have. This is my only option. And so if you can't accept this, then we can't be friends. Oh. Yeah. Kind of sad. And then we go back to Southside High. And Jughead leaves the office. And it's a little bit creepy. The... Their door is creaking, um, and he starts to get a little bit nervous, and then he goes to exit the school, but he can't get out. It's changed, and then he hears someone calling his name. That part was really weird. Yeah. I don't know why they'd be calling his name, but then we just see a shadow. We hear Jughead, like, yelling and a shadow beating him up. Yeah, which at first I thought it was, like, the Black Hood. But I was like, I don't remember this happening with the Black Hood. So I was confused by that. But then the next morning, Archie and Fred are at breakfast at their house. And Fred is talking to Archie and saying that um, since Hiram is also his business partner, when he's at dinner, he needs to, like, be on his best behavior and not, like, offend him. Which makes sense. Um, and Archie's like, yeah, of course, like, I'll be good. But Fred so sort of... So they're business partners? Which... I've, I thought he didn't... I thought... He ended up not or, going into business Fred, with him. Yeah, wasn't going into business with Hiram. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to keep track. But then Fred also says that Hiram has a tendency to sort of get offended unless... He doesn't get what he wants, and so Archie needs to speak really Like, he'll like find really something to upset him, yeah. even if it's something little. Yeah. If he, wants, if he wants to be upset. And so then, we also see that morning Betty is at Jughead's trailer, and he's... Jughead has bruises, presumably from getting beat up the night before. Um, and Jughead, she's like treating his wounds um and Jughead tells her that it was from his motorcycle he like just had a little accident or something which is like pretty concerning um but like obviously we know it wasn't said it was a pothole yeah so Tony is also at the trailer which is sort of weird that Tony is there if you think about it but um she says that like or, and so Betty thinks, like, she was like, oh, I thought it, it might be, like, one of the ghoulies, like, beating you up or something. But Tony's like, oh, no, the serpents have his back. Like, that wouldn't happen, even though that is what happened. Um, and then Betty leaves to go to school, and she says she needs to go fix her situation with Kevin. And um, she asks Tony to keep an eye on Jughead. And then once she leaves, Jughead tells um, Tony not to tell Betty what actually happened. Because she doesn't want him to um, be worried. So, now we go to the dinner at the lodges. 
and it's definitely a bit awkward. Um, but Hiram starts asking Archie about the Red Circle, about um, him rescuing <laughs> Ethel, and... Which he didn't really uh, rescue her from anything, but... <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you know, whatever. And then he asks him, have you ever had rum? And Archie says, like, like the alcohol. Like the alcohol? <laughs> As opposed to the other kind of rum? That, that was just kind of funny. Yeah, it was funny. Um, and then he's like, would you like to have some with me in my study? Mm-hmm. And then Veronica's like, Archie seems very unsure. He's like, is this a test? Am I supposed to be accepting alcohol yeah. from you? And am I supposed to go you to your study yeah and then veronica's like of course he would and then she gets up to go as well and hiram is like oh i thought we could just have a man-to-man mm-hmm. chat and oh, veronica is definitely a little concerned and she's also slightly upset because it seems like she really wants to be allowed in to the, the study. study and she and also wants to like be involved in this like relationship like, I think she's yeah. kind of concerned about what it's going to turn into. Because she thought she would be there and she could be Like, mediate it. And, yeah. <sighs> but this is what's happening. But then, uh, Hermione is just kind of like, well, <laughs> I told you so. She says, yeah. poor little princess. She'll yeah. never be in- allowed in the king's private throne. I kind of like this, that part. <laughs> um... Although it's like, ultimately Hermione was like the one that was like warning um, Veronica in the first place about Archie coming. So it's like, she had good intentions actually. But anyway, we briefly see Betty um, at her house and she says goodbye to Polly. Um, Polly decides that she's going to leave without even saying goodbye to her parents, which is pretty like dramatic i feel like the show like just does not care about polly at all like polly was totally a last character or a last season character (laughs) and like they're like let's just get her out because this like leaving is such like a minor thing even though it's kind of like a big deal but honestly like i forgot that polly was even living with them in the first place so yeah she's very much there when they need her yeah but she this is sort of just like gone getting her out of the picture and also, it probably doesn't make sense that she hasn't been killed by the Black Hood yet, so <laughs> they just need to get her out of the picture before. It's, like, too weird. And then we go to Hiram's study, and they're looking at this creepy portrait of Veronica they have in their study, oh, and it looks like... Portrait. Oh, oh, you're right. But it is creepy. It's, like all of the portraits that rich people have in movies or TV shows mm-hmm. of themselves or their families are just always super creepy. Like, it's like a very, like, doesn't um, the grandpa have one in Gilmore Girls of Rory? They paint one of Rory. Yeah. They make her pose for it. And it's it's, it's weird. Like weird. And they're always really big. Yeah. And it's just like, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, but he starts asking Archie well he's like oh your father doesn't approve of this does he and 
Archie's like, drinking rum, no. <laughs> and Tyrone's like, no, I meant your red circle. Um, and then we see Veronica trying to eavesdrop on this. And Hiram's saying um, that he's like, I hope we can respect each other. No more sneaking into my daughter's bedroom. It's like, when did he do that? I and you can never hurt her. Um, and then he starts telling him that the red circle is a noble idea, mm-hmm. but it's not really enough. Sometimes defense isn't enough. He needs to strike back. Which is, so it's really great advice. Yeah, Hiram's just encouraging this red circle idea, which is just great. So then we see Betty. She's trying to call Kevin, but Kevin won't pick up. Um, so then she goes to his house and is knocking on the door. No one answers the door. Um, and we see Kevin out running at night, which that was happening during the day, but now it's nighttime and Kevin is out night jogging. (laughs) Um, and he is running and he sees this car and it's kind of creepy. Um, and there's like a guy in the car and he says he's waiting for someone, but the guy inside's like, Oh, like you can just, I can just give you a ride. It's fine to like wherever you need to go. It's like very bad idea to like get a ride from some random dude in the middle of the night and you can't see this guy's eyes has over his eyes it's weird yeah and so but um initially um it shows kevin like saying okay fine he gets in the car but then the guy stabs him in the stomach and i couldn't remember if that like actually happened or not i was like i thought it actually happened that like totally freaked me out yeah i was like oh my god because I thought that it was, like, actually happening. But then it was just, like, a vision of, like, Kevin, like, imagining that could happen to him if he gets in the car. Um, so I'm glad he had that vision and he decided to run away. And he's like, no, I'm okay. And then, like, the guy's like, just get in the car or something. And he just sort of, like, runs away. Um, and, then, and he heard Betty's voice in his head. Yeah. While that was all happening. So then he goes home and he's at... He's, like, sneaking back into his house, but his dad is sitting at the table in his house, like, oh, it's kind of late, um, like, where have you been? And he initially says he's like, was just out with Betty, but his dad knows that's not true, because Betty was there looking for him earlier, so he's like, Betty told me what you've been doing, and ultimately, I just want you to be safe, um, and he, like, acknowledges that there are things they haven't talked about before but like maybe should they should start trying and they have like a little moment and they hug and kevin's like crying a little bit it's like a sweet moment of sheriff keller yeah um then um veronica and hiram have a little quick scene over breakfast veronica has this almost mischievous or what is that word? Mischievous. Her face was like smile really. On her <laughs> it was like face. really startling. <laughs> and she asks to have a role in Lodge Industries. I guess she's like a stakeholder by name, but she doesn't. Re- act- she's not really actually one. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, a shareholder. Uh. So. She says that she wants to be in the room where it happened, and she kind of looks over at the study. Uh-huh. So she really just wants to be involved. 
and she said, unless there's a reason why I can't be involved, if there's something I sh you don't want me to see, and he's like, oh no, of course you can be involved. So, yeah. the start of Veronica's business career. Yeah, big moment also. So then we see Jughead briefly. He's like asking to sit with the serpent. So he's sort of come around to the idea that he needs to rely on the serpents for protection at the Southside High. Um, and then he also starts to narrate. He talks, he like kind of brings it full circle, sort of talking back about like going back to the metaphor about, or not the metaphor, but like the in fairy tales, kids should never go into the woods alone. And he says something about, like, when they come out of the woods, they're never the same. Um, and that they show, like, at school, Betty tries to go talk to Kevin, but Kevin, like, doesn't want to talk to her. <laughs> Which was, like, kind of funny. But that was the... Which, I'm, I am conflicted about Betty telling Sheriff Keller what Kevin is doing. Because on one hand, she is genuinely concerned about him, and that seems like the right thing to do, but it's also like a huge betrayal of his trust so i get why kevin's mad at her but i also get why betty did that and maybe it was the right move yeah i really it seemed to help there's sort of a breakthrough in sheriff keller and kevin's relationship yeah i mean i think ultimately so. it was for the best but like it is questionable i get like, why kevin not... is mad at her yeah i think like yeah honestly like they're sort of both in the right um and you can't blame either of them but then we also see the final scene is now Archie, of course, he's like has Hiram's voice in his head. He's like, we need to attack. We need to like fight back against the Black Hood. And so it's like Archie's filming this video like on some like camera of he's like standing in a classroom and a bunch of people behind him who are presumably like all the people in the red circle all have these like red masks they sort of look like the black hood but they're all red and there's like a whole bunch of them some of them are like shirtless they're all like these like very muscular guys and they're all standing there and archie's like say it he's like this is a message for the black hood saying like we're out to get you um like you better watch out basically and so and then we the last thing we see is hiram watching this video on his computer in his study and like kind of nodding in approval and then he like turns around and looks at the portrait of veronica it's very creepy but he just seems very amused and almost like he's thinking this is too easy this kid literally just does whatever i tell him yeah to. amused yeah definitely like amused but like also like happy with the outcome yeah but not because he's proud of Arch. No, yeah, not in, like, a proud way. <laughs> <laughs> but here we go. Archie and Tyram. This relationship begins. <sighs> and that's the episode. That's... A lot did happen. But not much of it I was actually that excited about. Yeah. Hopefully season two picks up soon there are some good moments in season two i just like i feel like that's what i say that like i'm like oh season two sucks like i say this every episode but they're i'm just holding on for a couple of different moments but i mean 
There's a really great musical performance coming up later in the season. No, Luke. Um, <laughs> it's like a really iconic moment. Season three. Season three is great. Season season three musical episode. It's fantastic. No, not season the not the musical. Is... I'm talking about like a specific performance. Oh, 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 which oh, is oh, really yeah, great. Yeah, I thought you talked. You were saying the musical episode. I was like, no. I honestly don't even remember the musical episode. No, it's really bad. I'm it's trying to bad. remember. Well, it sort of just set the tone for all musical episodes. Um, no, but it's season three is good. Season two, it's just yeah. Season three really is the only one that I actually dramatic. like have gone back and listened to some of the songs from. Um, but so we have like a good musical performance to look forward to. We have. Uh, I don't really know what else we have going on. A group I s- vacation. Oh, to. I do like Those that. Those are, like, the two moments I'm excited for. Oh, yeah, we get this, like... Oh, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, but then we also have a lot more of the Red Circle, which I just am not a fan of at all. The Red Circle is just annoying. But, you know... And do we get the Love, Simon crossover episode this season? I should just look that up. I think we might. We must, because that was... Was that 2018? Riverdale Love Simon. I'm just gonna look up which episode it is. I don't know if that's really a spoiler. Uh, no, I mean, it's not really a crossover episode, it's just uh, they talk about it once. Well, this is a Reddit post saying I'm actually less inclined to see Love Simon after the Riverdale episode. Oh, it's season 2, episode tw- uh, 14, I think. So we still have a while to go. We still have there. a little while. Love Kevin, Riverdale ex Love Simon. Okay, anyway. This episode has been really long. Um, Is the episode called Love Kevin? No, I don't think so. That was just like some video. Oh. Oh. But, anyway. We will. Or. Oh, God. (laughs) It's been a long episode. Um, If you want to follow us on social media until our next episode, which I guess will be next weekend if we're sticking with this new schedule, um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. They're both Pops Pop Culture. You can send us an email, popsandpopculture at gmail.com. Leave us a review, please, on Apple Podcasts. We have 11 right now. We'd love to see that number go up. Give us five stars. You can write a comment about our podcast um and yeah and follow us on spotify subscribe on apple podcasts and hit us up on good pods and i think that's all we have for this episode (laughs) so bon nuit nuit.